You're listening to The Road to Philanthropy with Gary Cohn, a podcast series on giving and working with nonprofits. This podcast is produced by Painted Rock Advisors, a consulting hub providing services to the philanthropic and nonprofit communities. We bring together your values and wealth with opportunities to do good work and make the world a better place. What can we do to help you? Contact us at paintedrockadvisors at gmail.com. Hi, this is Gary Cohn. Welcome to The Road to Philanthropy, a podcast series on everything in the nonprofit, philanthropic, and business worlds. Today, our guest is Dan Witzling. He's the Senior Executive Director in L.A. County at the American Cancer Society. Daniel is a graduate of UCLA, Go Bruins, and has served with a number of organizations, including Breathe California as Director of Development and Marketing, Jewish Big Brothers and Big Sisters of L.A. He is a graduate of Woodbridge High and grew up in the Irvine, Orange County neighborhood. Hi, Dan. Welcome to The Road to Philanthropy. Hi, Gary. Thank you. I'm so happy you could be a guest on our show. I want to learn a little bit about you and about the American Cancer Society today. So why don't we start out with uh, your role, your current role, what you do with the American Cancer Society? Yeah, thanks, Gary. Very happy to be here. Uh, So I serve as a senior executive director for American Cancer Society. And functionally, just to understand, we are one national organization. There aren't separate branches. But to make sure that our work has relevancy in every community, we have different titles, but effectively the role of an area director, uh, particularly in major metropolitan markets around the country. So Los Angeles County is absolutely one of those. Um, And I oversee and I work with an area board of directors to to really ensure that American Cancer Society is connecting and has uh, local impacts in, in the greater area. And and specifically, what do you oversee? Do you handle operations, programs, fundraising? What do you do? Right. The primary function that I that I oversee relates to uh, fundraising. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would say partnership development, uh, which may or may not be part of fundraising. And that, I think, is important. You know, certainly we are looking to engage with uh, different types of leadership, corporate, civic, community leaders, individuals. And so... You know, we, we want to ensure that we're, we're leading with the mission uh, of the organization, providing resources, you know, making sure people understand the type of work we do, advocacy and community research, things like that. So I'll function with the board and I'll oversee a staff of about, you know, it, it ranges, let's say, approximately 15 direct in my down, downstream. And then there's other staff in the area that more kind of specialized areas of focus, you know, people that are working specifically with health systems. Think on things like guidelines for cancer, early detection, what type of treatment options are available, how do you serve caretakers, caregivers, uh, what can we do to to really uh, help improve the pipeline of people working in the field of science and cancer and areas like that. And then we have a another set of staff that operate things called discovery shops, which really are opportunities for kind of secondhand and overstock retail. I don't emphasize the word thrift because they're they're pretty high quality boutique uh, types of items, which are largely operated by volunteers, very minimal staffing. So we have different functions and different ways of engaging in the community. And, and so I'll focus on events, corporate giving, uh, uh, philanthropic, like major gift style of giving. And then I'll 
I would say in a cross-collaborative way, really help to ensure that everything is happening appropriately and effectively and with equity and compassion in the communities. Got it. Well, let's talk a little bit about the bigger mission of the American Cancer Society. What is the stated mission of the organization? Really, the, the mission of the organization, our, our purpose is changing the face of cancer as we know it. Our primary vision is uh, mortality reduction. We heard last night with the State of the Union address, then pre Vice President and now President Joe Biden, his son that, that passed away from cancer, launched the Moonshot Initiative that also focuses on dramatic uh, cancer mortality reduction. And we do the same in many ways. Uh, we're the community arm and the patient advocate for, for how that takes place. So when we're in community, we're looking at who's benefiting from all the advances that are happening around, you know, cancer therapies, treatments, prevention and such, and who's missed. Is are people being missed due to you know rural areas versus urban? Is it based on ethnicity or what are the what are all the complex factors involved? And so, you know, we we do definitely fund research for some of the existential aspects. You know, we are absolutely looking for cures, but our our really top focus is uh, mortality reduction. We want people to be able to cope and have a good quality of life, whether or not they're enduring cancer or somebody in their life which really at this stage, everybody will know somebody with cancer. We say everybody's one degree away. So that, that's- yeah, I, I was going to say that. I, I, I know many people uh, that have gone through the process, fortunately, and mm -hmm. family members. My twin brother yeah. had leukemia, a certain kind of leukemia that was treated and his survival rate is very high. I've got had other people I know that have had to get T-cell work done in order to survive and, and come back. And mm -hmm. uh, I've got a friend right now who just lost his hair and he had a big bushy bunch of hair and he's going through right. that. So, it's, you know, it, it hits a lot of people at a lot of different levels yeah. uh, for sure. And now a moment for one of our sponsors. Jorgensen HR believes that the employer's workforce is the single key to customer satisfaction, reputation, growth, profitability, and the ultimate success of the company. Jorgensen works to ensure that employees are engaged well-trained and led by owners and management that are passionate about the success of their company and its employees. Jorgensen HR provides outsourced HR on an interim or permanent basis. They provide an audit of the company's HR policies, including work plans, procedures in compliance with labor laws. They provide affirmative action audits for companies that are required by law to have an annual report. They handle workplace investigations for harassment and discrimination among their HR solutions. Jorgensen HR, results-oriented, driven by passion, guided by expertise. Jorgensen can be reached at jorgensenhr.com, J-O-R-G-E-N-S-E-N-H-R.com. How large of an organization is it nationally? How much revenue do you have a year? I'll, I'll caveat in saying we, we were, we're a community-based organization. And our approach to fundraising and really vitality as a volunteer-driven organization largely has been based on community events, grassroots, and grass tops. So when right. the, the pandemic hit, at our peak, which is honestly going back even a, a decade, we were approaching 900 million you know, with that goal to, to reach that next level. At our lowest point during the pandemic, we were just over uh, 520 million. Nationally now, we're... We're somewhere in the middle. We're, we're in about a seven, 700, 750 million. And on our way back to the state, we, we were really pre-pandemic. 
and even a little bit before then, trying to adapt to just changes in the market. Right. And the pandemic certainly has impacted all organizations, yeah. especially the right. larger ones. And uh, I know I was on the Red Cross Board of Directors for the Bay Area chapter uh, for mm -hmm. many years and, and looked at the revenues of the Red Cross. And the hardest thing to do, I think, is to get your message out to the to the masses, You know what you do and how you do it. I know the Red Cross, everybody thinks, oh, well, you know, they, wow. they go for major disasters, but, you know, every fire in the community, they go out to and with volunteers to to, to deploy people at. Your L.A. County region that you cover, how large, what, what does it cover? Where does it, uh, what's the geographic region? So it truly is the county, but I, I say that, like all things, I work contiguous organization, at, which will honestly mean when we're working with community groups, corporations, families that have, you know, connections beyond there is no hard, fast line that I that I stop the work that I do. So that I have colleagues and we network um, in, in how we really approach things. And you think of companies like the gas company, you look at Amgen, which is based technically in Ventura County, but all their many of their employees live right here in LA County. So we have we have our, our areas that we we try to focus in on to help us organize. And then we kind of blur a little bit beyond that. Really, we we want to be a relationship-based. And, and so that will take us wherever we go. And, and I work with people all over the, the uh, globe, honestly, London, mm -hmm. Africa, India, various parts of the U.S. and Guam, uh, Puerto Rico. So it, I would just say we're, we're moving to the space, and this is on the science side as well as on the organizational side, where it's much more humanistic. So we're going to be engaging with uh, companies, fraternities, maybe diversity fraternities and such, corporations that have a different approach. And, you know, as we're looking at cancers, we even say we're, we're, we will soon come to the day where we move beyond looking at breast cancer, colon cancer, prostate cancer, and really just what type of cancer is it? What type of equation? What type of person might have this cancer? And where are other people like that anywhere in the world? So that that's really how Things are kind of, you know, with digital and everything blurring well beyond geographic bounds to to be a little bit more along the lines of precision medicine at a very macro level. Got it. You have a voluntary board of directors in L.A. that you work with. How many yeah. people are on your board and, and what is the biggest challenge you have working with a board? So we have 16 members of our board right now. Our aim really is to to have it at about that number, possibly up to 20. And again, 21 is not going to you know, break the bank is certainly the right opportunity. The way that we we created our board in LA, we, we tried to really focus on composition from different points of view. And so this relates to the, the question you're asking about where the gaps are. You know, we're, we're looking at ethnic composition, gender, gender balance, um, age balance, professional balance. So where the gaps exist is typically places where we don't have some something in the equation and we try to have parity looking at some of the demographics that we would get from you know city data county data chambers and such for the county but also looking at the area so if we don't have you know a strong presence um, in the lgbtqia community that we want to ensure that there's leadership representation that will ensure that we're really focused there. And the same with Latinx, African-American, but the same also with the entertainment industry and the aerospace industry. You know, so so that that's really where the challenges are. From a fundraising point of view, you know, we're, we're certainly looking to increase, you know, the executive level of our board because that provides, you know, greater influence, um, 
better better positioning for the organization where we can have uh, larger scale impacts. And that is kind of how we're balancing between being very community driven, but wanting to really engage with some of the big players in LA. It, it's a crowded market in nonprofit. Right. Whether no, no question it's about true. that. I'm, so, the, I'm, I'm the uh, governance chair for Safe Parking LA. Sure. And we need to add five or six new board members. And mm -hmm. so, you know, we're, we're looking to make a, a, a list of candidates. So I'm going to the Symphony Board of Directors, the LACMA Board of Directors. Who do I know? Who do we right. know? Who's got time? <laughs> what about industry representation and uh, and all mm -hmm. of that? And, and diversity, you know, is is a big challenge. You're right about that. No question about that. Let's mm -hmm. turn a little bit now to maybe your career and how you got to where you are. I know you're you went to UCLA for undergraduate, a great school, or it once was a great school. I don't know how great it is today. You can't. I can't get in. My daughter couldn't get in. <laughs> well, actually, I did get in when I was uh, when I graduated. Uh, I didn't go to school there, but I, I did get in. How did you get into the nonprofit sector from college? Going back to UCLA, good place to start. You know, I, I was focused originally on economics, and then I, I shifted to international development, which looked really at um, bottom-up development, top-down development on the global scale. Really just how, you know, social impact, social return on investment. I, that's where my mind went at a young age. I could go further back in time. You know, I'm I'm third generation out of the Holocaust. You know, we specialized back in those days on parts of the world where you know exploitation or unfavorable business practices took place. And I took a step back and realized that this is just as bad in LA County as really anywhere that we're looking in the world with the disparities that exist. So I, I went on to a nonprofit MBA at the school that's you know now the American Jewish University. At the time, it was one of the only ones in the country that focused on nonprofit MBAs rather than taking an MBA that one or two of the courses had a nonprofit specialization, mainly for accounting purposes. And really my path has, has been with large organizations um, over the years, typically in, in a very similar sense. So with, if it's a Jewish federation that has a local and a national chapter and entities all over the country and the world, the, the Big Brothers Network, you know, the Breathe LA, which was related somewhat uh, to American Lung Association, you know, with kind of an interesting history there, and then organizations like the Cancer Society that have certainly evolved. I mean, I talk about ACS being one organization. Technically, that didn't happen until 2013. Before that time, and this is true with, with many national public health organizations, they had affiliates that were independent, that were dependent, and then there was a, I would, a reckoning or a consolidation that happened to a lot of these organizations right around the same time between 2010 and 2013, perhaps out of the recession that took place before then in 2008, that we needed to you know, do better you know, to scale as organizations, be more efficient. ROI was important, which translates to donor dollars. People want to know that, you know, they're getting that at least 75 cents to of, of their dollar contribution is going towards the mission very critical of uh, overhead expenses that relate to salaries and what have you. So that right. that's really kind of the world that I exist in. And I'll bring in, you know, environmental issues that are personally very important to me and how now I have abilities to influence uh, kind of a nexus between that and health. California, you know, working on some of the issues that are absolutely environmental based, global warming related issues, the traffic congestion, all of that, and how that relates to cancer, the different the successes with uh, smoking, the challenges with vaping. There, there's a lot to wrestle with in a very diverse community. So it's really taking on the world in your backyard. 
just something that I, I feel like I've, I've been really inspired to work in um, over the past few decades. Besides your leadership role at ACS, do you have volunteer roles in other nonprofits yourself? Yeah, I was something that I'm, I'm very proud to be a part of is the American Legion. Uh, my father served in the army, and through him, I went on to to become a, a what's called a squadron commander, which are the sons of veterans in the Hollywood American Legion post forty three. So that's you know the work that I do really on on a personal level to help with military veteran families for all uh, any needs here and abroad. And in addition, some of the other uh, areas are, are more aligned with health. So there, there has been the Korean American Health Coalition and then currently a San Gabriel Valley Health Consortium. Lots of very long words, uh, but these are different types of health organizations that, that are a little bit more localized. And those in many ways deal with things like mental health, and substance use disorder, and areas that even five years ago weren't necessarily front and center, even with organizations like the Cancer Society. But now that we're focused more on survivorship and the long haul, everything really converges. And so it, it provides a very fluid way for me on a personal level to do things, coach a basketball team here and there, as well as uh, do the work that I do. So it, it's, you know, it's a very active life. You know, I run marathons uh, yeah, as a way yeah. to de-stress, not fast, but just to probably just ooze out a little bit. And that's really how I, I'm able to kind of work through everything, keep myself challenged, but but I have some personal checks and balances. Let's go back to the ACS for a moment and talk about leadership there and and how you work as a local chapter with the national organization. I mean, I worked for Alzheimer's Association for a number of years, and then the LA chapter decided to split off and go on their own. And Mm -hmm. I made the mistake of going with them, probably not mistake, but I went with the independent and stepped back from the the national and, and there were pros and cons to that, obviously, down the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you guys work with National? I work very closely with National. And this this kind of goes back to the more digital, humanistic approach. A lot of my work per, with the organization that deals with you know diversity and leadership really can extend anywhere in the country. And some of the you know, the new and exciting ways that they're dealing with, you know, prevention and studies on the environment, a lot of that research happens at the national level. So my ability to know who's doing what um, definitely has local impact. And LA County benefits from having an abundance of organizations, health institutions that do research funded at the national level. So finding out what are they working on? How are they working in the markets? What are the best practices happening here? Those are are some of the ways. And I'll just, just add, you know, I just came back from frozen Dallas uh, last week, you know, everything had about an inch or two of ice, but we were having our national leadership summit. And uh, one of our board members in LA, David Ford, was honored nationally as a volunteer of the year because of the work that we do out of LA, but really on behalf of, of anyone and everyone uh, dealing with cancer. So his voice was a very powerful voice throughout the pandemic. And I worked very closely with him and that was recognized at the national level. So we're always looking to scale. Uh, if we have either either things happening locally that can scale up, or if there's something happening somewhere else in the country, a best practice here or there, or just driven straight through our enterprise national office that we can grab onto, there's something right now that I've got my sights on to try to assimilate it into LA, then I think that fluidity is uh, encouraged, you know, when taken on kind of strategically. 
And the programs you offer and, and the way you connect with the community, how do you evaluate success, failure as far as the work that you're doing in the community? So it's certainly from a fundraising point of view, there's kind of the black and white of it, of uh, you know, setting our goals, reaching our goals, assessing the revenue, what expenses we're using. I, I definitely you know, overlay everything kind of with a, a diversity lens. And so we're truly looking to know we want to evaluate the level of success by when we are out in community, if we're doing an event, um, are we doing an event in a location where the, our participants are representative of that location? Because that provides better sustainability. Sustainability of partnership is definitely a, a benchmark that we'll look to. We don't want to be an organization. I don't want to be a person that just had, you know, has a one and done mentality of, of doing activity whether it's uh, a partnership work, you know, we're working with NAACP, which started in, in Long Beach with the, the branch president, Naomi Rainey, there and went on to a national level. Our ability to sustain that partnership is definitely a, a metric of success. And if we would lose that, then that would be we would we would see that as um, a deficiency and our ability to have other partnerships and not just have singular ones in different communities is also something we're, we're seeing to expand and measure. So a lot of that, and I'll, I'll finally just say as a volunteer-driven organization, we look at the number of people involved. We're at our best when we have a broad community base. We, we definitely have been successful as a national organization and even you know, the LA version of it because of the sheer volume of volunteers involved in any which way we do whatever we do, whether it's a road to recovery, giving patients rides to treatment, getting involved with grassroots events, being an advocacy ambassador for Cancer Action Network, if our volume goes away, then our relevance goes away and our legacy goes away. And that, that I think, is a distinguishing feature of the Cancer Society is, you know, we we were an organization with 3 million. We are now an organization with somewhere between 1 and 1.5 million people engaged with us. And, and I, I take that as a challenge that we need, like, where did they go? Where are the survivors that are not engaging with us? Why aren't they engaging with us? What aren't we providing that people don't see us as relevant? And those are challenges that we we must address. And, and I'm going to find my own way and I'll work with the board and the staff and try to forge new partnerships to make sure that we grow and we don't diminish um, our presence. We thank our sponsor, Hot Dog Business Growth. Hot Dog Business Growth has over 40 years of practical experience. We've developed best practices for the execution of ideas, professional growth, constructive communication, employee relations, sales strategies, including compensation, pricing, marketing, and much more, such as CEO and leadership counseling, both in the for-profit and non-profit sectors, customer service assessments and training, sales counseling for individuals, sales teams, sales management support, and pricing strategies. We focus on team synergy. Our leader, Joel Volk, has spent years building the type of team synergy that results in positive relationships and improved results. We have a team of 11 consultants working in the profit and nonprofit world. As Joel says, hot dog, it's a wonderful life. You can find us at hotdogbizgrowth.com. That's hotdogbizgrowth.com. When you talk about corporate partnerships, and you said you have many uh, are they local part, corporate partnerships or are they national companies involved? How does that work out? So all of the above. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and it really depends. You, you take um, large banks, you know, even 
to however their own systems function. Uh, Wells Fargo provides some autonomy so that uh, some of the branches or within regions can can have it, their own relationships with the organization, a Bank of America that has a national relationship with the Cancer Society. That's their style. KPMG as a finance organization, Michelle Rohn, she's the managing director in LA and, and she's the head of our CEOs Against Cancer chapter. And they also have autonomy that on a national level that her, her firm might decide to do a partnership and within LA or California or whatever the scope and scale, they have the flexibility to do that. My goal is really looking at companies at a, as a workforce of large populations of adults typically between 25 years old and I would say 65, I don't know to what extent that's grown. That's really the, the most important few decades that we need to engage people around cancer because cancer is a disease of the aging. It's true that there are cases and, and they're very prominently expressed of, of younger people getting cancer. But you know, we, you know, setting aside children's cancers, which are absolutely part of the equation, but we want to work with large workforces, working with the gas company in Edison, because, or even the counties, County of LA, if they have a thousand employees, then we want to get in front of a thousand people that are between these ages, that are key demographics that we need to reach to, to save more lives faster. So yeah. that's, that's that's all in the mix of, of the corporate engagement. And then what we're able to do with that is really kind of customized case by case. When, when you look at your, your leadership and uh, the people who donate to the organization, how do you reach out to a younger generation of, uh, of, uh, of leaders? Or do you have a program that, that specifically addresses that? Yeah, we certainly have, you know, high school, um, high school that have their own groups uh, within their schools. Although get involved with some of our grassroots events or our advocacy, Colleges Against Cancer has been very successful. Each stage in a person's kind of development, um, our goal is to make is to at least provide an opportunity so that somebody who's engaging with the Cancer Society in their high school doesn't lose that touch because they go somewhere else for college. So we're trying to have a continued presence. Um, Digital is helpful, but not the only way. You know, we do young professional activities. Mm-hmm. Our our best approach really has been finding those few you know influential individuals that are willing to, to roll up their sleeves and be the face of our organization to their peers and work through them. Um, I could talk blue in my face to, to uh, 11-year-olds and 18-year-olds and 28-year-olds, and they may or may not care what I have to say, but if, if one of their peers is inspired, either because they have a cancer or somebody in their life does, um, those have been the most effective and sustained ways that we've really engaged communities. And even at, at younger ages, there's a volunteer-based program that came out of LA. Cancer breast breast cancer survivor Vivian Chan uh, developed something called Love Notes Around the World, which is a very sim- um, simple simple concept of sending messages of caring, compassion, connection to cancer patients and treatment. And functionally, it, it's kids designing imagery or writing cards, or right. designing paper mache, hope jars, or all of these things. So we we have kids now constantly on their own and clubs contributing to the cancer society in ways that they find meaningful and we'll give them any level of recognition that that uh, aligns with that because we appreciate it and it starts their relationship with our organization that hopefully will continue wonderful let's wrap up by talking a little bit more about yourself i i know you said you do marathons what else do you do to have fun when you're not at work 
Well, certainly that, that, you know, when you run long distance, that becomes a big part of your life. But I have two, two girls kind of in that preteen teenage. So you being there a chauffeur is a big part of my life uh, for the next little while. You know, being in LA, there, there's always a, a plenty to do and having, you know, family here and, and other parts keeps me busy. So, so those are, I would say some of the main ways, you know, we've, a kid learning drums, a kid learning uh, bass guitar and ukulele. You know, <laughs> I, I learned guitar and piano growing up. So trying to keep music as an important part in, in life, my life and their life, just keeping active and really taking advantage uh, of anything that we can do, um, going on hikes, just being outdoors, I would say are, are ways that I really try to to kind of color my life outside of work and, and give myself other avenues. And I will say being tired UCLA, in, in all sports, uh, men and women's has been a big part, uh, season ticket holder to different things. So a lot to root for. You got those basketball tickets? <laughs> I, I do when I can. We'll, we'll follow basketball and soccer and gymnastics and, and all of oh, those. Wow. So let's say the last question I have is, is there something I should have asked you that I didn't ask you? What else should our people, our listeners know about you or the organization? No, I, I appreciate that, Gary. You know, uh, as I said, you know, we, we are looking for, we are an organization, you know, I'm always looking for partnerships in, in different ways. So I I want to be open and just encourage people. I'd love to connect to to figure things out. I'm always looking for new partnerships and new opportunities. I think that's the main thing, you know, as I'm evolving, as our organization is evolving, the creativity at all ages and skills uh, skill sets is going to be key to um, to continued success. And if someone wants to reach out to you and, and get involved in some way, how do they contact you or the organization? Well, I'm I'm easy to find. You know, first dot last at cancer. So Dan dot at cancer dot org. Certainly, you can always reach out to the organization at www.cancer.org, our 800 number, 800-227-2345. We have a very open, you know, helpline, navigation line, either to find people like me or or people are looking for their own personal help at any aspect or stage of their cancer journey. Um, so I'd like to be very, very accessible, you know, to be a concierge, a navigator to the extent that I can. And, and I'm always, you know, looking for ways to um, connect with people and I would really love to 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 uh, to do so with anybody who's interested to reach out. Very good. Thank you very much for being on the show. And Thank you, Gary. It's been a great interview. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. We want to stay connected with you. Be sure to stay connected with our community by giving a like to our Facebook page and following our Instagram at paintedrock underscore advisors. Our podcast is available on all of your favorite platforms. We'll see you at our next release. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.